Hey folks, if you've seen any of the great merch we have lately, we've got Witch Police shirts, we've got bags, we've got more gear on the way. That's all made by our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Whether it's screen printing or embroidery, heat press vinyl or graphic design, Divine Shirts is the place to go for your band merch. They've been doing some of the best stuff from the best bands in Winnipeg and beyond. And if you're looking to get some merch made, head over to divineshirtcompany.ca or follow them on Instagram and tell them which police radio sent you. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I live on the internet, which is where everyone lives, and this is how I'm doing interviews these days. Uh, I used to do them in person, which was a little bit more uh, personable, I guess, but uh, I've managed to make the pandemic work for podcasts by doing them over the over Zoom, so I'm happy to have you on the show. Uh, I've listened to your music for quite a while now, and um, it's definitely the type of thing that is, is not necessarily in my wheelhouse, uh, genre-wise. So I'm looking forward to talking to you about uh, some of the things you're doing, including your new record, and I uh. think... The best way to start this off is if you want to just introduce yourself and maybe give a bit of background about what it is that you do musically. Sure. Uh, hi. Okay. Hi, Sam. Hi. Um, hi. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm Aaron. What can I tell you? Um, I mean, my background of music is, to me, it all feels very natural, but I think when I say it out loud, it starts to sound um, really varied. But okay. I've, um, I mean, I grew up singing in church, in choirs, uh, voice lessons, um, you know, Royal Conservatory of Music kind of songs. And then I learned guitar and started singing lots of folk music. So um, that's there. My parents always listened to like, you know, the only secular albums that were in the house were like Billy Joel. Okay. Which is great. And uh, Gordon Lightfoot, ABBA. <laughs> And, um, and lots of, you know, some pop music, not a lot, really. And then once I, you know, I t- took a degree in music at the University of Manitoba, and then I started studying jazz there. Um, so, but really, if I think about, you know, my life in, in jazz, it really was only in those four years that it was intensive studying. Okay. And so, uh, I, you know, I don't know, I get described a lot as like, she sounds folky, but jazz. Yeah, yeah, or pop, but jazz. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Pop, but jazz. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so how do you define what what you do then? Do you just, do you? I mean, clearly you're a jazz artist. That that's very strong in what you yeah, do. Yeah, sure. But do you use those kind of combination genres? Do you say you know you're jazz folk or jazz pop, or do you just sort of say you're a singer and, and leave it at that? Yeah, I just say singer songwriter. I'm, okay. I'm, a, I'm a writer and I'm a singer and. Um, uh, but I, when I check a box, which I have to do, you know, a few times a year, it'll be jazz, pop, folk. You know? <laughs> I think that's like the least favorite part of every artist's life other than writing grants and reporting on them. For sure. Yeah. It's checking boxes. What? Yeah. What do I what do I call this? But then you have people yeah. like me who who need feel like this intense need to, to compartmentalize you know, everyone in their head. And... I know. And when I'm with another artist, I'm like, well, what are you? I do the same thing. I yeah. <laughs> fair. It's totally fair. Yeah. 
Well, and, and it, it's uh, all of those genres you mentioned. I think they do, from what I've heard of your stuff, anyway. They, they do, they do fit your sound. And sure. I guess when I said at the beginning that you know what you do is not necessarily in my wheelhouse, uh, I, I came to listening to jazz like later in my in my, my 30s, really. Before I, I was, I listened to a lot of other stuff. I was into punk rock and reggae and hip hop and soul and all this stuff and folk music too, for sure, and country. But jazz sort of grabbed me when I was already an adult, and, and even within that my idea for a long time of what jazz was, what good jazz was, was very noisy and avant-garde and kind of um, sure. out there stuff, right? So what you do yeah. is a lot more straightforward and a lot more yeah. traditional. And for whatever whatever reason it is, I can't figure it out what it is about it, but it really grabbed me the first time I heard you. Uh, I saw you oh. live somewhere, and uh, I think it might have been at... Um, Essendon Park at one of the uh, the, the garden sure. shows, and, and yeah. I, I loved it. I have some of your your music now. I have, I have uh, the previous album, and uh, yeah, whatever you're doing, it works for me. <laughs> and so, um, loving it. Yeah, so I guess what what drew you to the, the kind of jazz that you play? Because it's one of those genres that's a big umbrella term, and there's so many different subgenres within it. Uh, for whatever instrument you're playing, whether it's a vocalist or a sax player or a drummer, there's so many different sort of you know sub forms of jazz. What is the appeal of the style that you do now? Um, well, I, I, I really just choose songs and try to write songs that feel natural to me. So, um, you know, as a, as a writer and as a, a vocalist, I have the great benefit of, of text. Right. And so um, a song will mean a lot more to me if it has any part of its text that I can gravitate towards. So, like, there's some, you know, jazz standards that, I mean, I've sung because I've had to, but, I, I, like, a lot of them have terrible lyrics. Sure. Let's just to be honest. You know, they're from, like, like really kind of corny musicals from the 30s and 40s. And and I, I don't want to just, you know, be, get down on that stuff. It's not like it's it has no value or anything. But, yeah. but uh, just, I guess, songs that appeal to me are, are, like, the text means a lot. I have to gravitate towards the text. And I want the melody to be singable for somebody else. So that's when you say like your sound, your sound is more traditional. And, and I like to think of it as accessible as well, that, you know, often the melody is singable and somebody can hear it and then maybe repeat part of it, you know, even if it's just, you know, a, um, you know, fairly pedestrian uh, listener that, that they can still repeat it, but then maybe you would analyze the, harmony underneath it and the structure of the tune and go oh that's there's more like there's more beneath the surface of what's going on there so um those are some elements for me in a song that will make it important for me to to sing and valuable for me to sing and then of course if you're talking about the record that recently came out with larry roy that's you know like any collaboration some things on there you're like Oh, I really love that, and other things where you like it, but it's, you know you have to compromise with someone too. Sure. So some some of that stuff there, I'm there because I'm there with Larry, and some some of that stuff Larry is there because he's there with me, right? And um, but I think that answers the question. It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask you next, actually. What what is the the origins of your uh, partnership with Larry? Because you this is not the first time you play with him, obviously. And no. uh, you know. How did that come together? Because you work well together based on everything I've heard that you've you. recorded. It's a good complement to each other's sounds. Yeah, thank you. Well, um, yeah, sure. He was my professor at the oh, University really? of Manitoba. Yeah, he's my prof. And um, Larry taught, or uh, still teaches uh, improvisation, uh, like like musical improvisation at the School of Music. 
he teaches, uh, he's the director of guitar studies there. And um, for a number of years, and I think he still is now, he'll often uh, teach uh, the vocalists as well for a part of their major practical. And when I was a student, um, I had about an hour, I think, with Larry every week. Okay. And so he would help through arrangements a lot and just help choose like what, you know, what direction do you want to take this song in? And because he has a lot of, a lot of studio experience and certainly tons of arranging and composition. And, um, and just when we would arrange together, yeah, we just like, we just kind of understood each other. There was a really excellent rapport, musical rapport going on. And anytime that you find that yeah. as an artist, you grab it. And, and as a student, I was just like, Mary Rowe, you know, he's like this, he's a total legend. Like he's just a, an amazing guitarist. Yeah. He's a totally, he's a Canadian like icon guitarist. Well, he's on everyone's records uh, too. Like his name pops everywhere. up everywhere. Yeah. 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 He's everywhere. Yeah. And, and any singer is like loves to play with him because he creates a whole like world for you to live in. With, with his guitar playing like I, you know I've sung with lots of people and you sometimes you just feel like the bottom's gonna fall out underneath you you know like oh okay I've got to hold that together and I've got to think for them in some of these times and not to say people haven't had to think for me they sure. certainly have had to over sure. the years but but Larry that's that's never there we we pick up where the other left off kind of thing like it, it's he always is there it's, nothing's ever gonna fall Trace the stars till dawn In truth or daring away Or herding our pride down Monkey trails and merry-go-rounds Past the old folks' home And the magazine at Allen Chased each other through cedar trees
So as a student, it was just, it was awesome to, to play with Larry, but I didn't assume that that kind of thing happened. I assumed that that happened with everybody with Larry, this great rapport, right? right? And but before I graduated, he just was like, you know, if you wanted to do work outside of the university, I would work with you. And I was like, and I actually tested that on another friend. I'm like, he probably says that to everybody, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and they're like, I don't think he does. <laughs> So I think you should do something about that or you should take him up on it. So I did. And we just um, actually Luke Selleck is a really amazing, uh, a good friend and a bass player. I don't know if you've ever talked with Luke before or met him. The name's familiar. Sure. He's an acoustic jazz player. He'll be on some records around town, too. But he moved to New York, I don't know, like six years ago after doing his degree here. And then he did his master's at Juilliard. And he tours right now with all the living legends of jazz. Cool. Well, pre-COVID, he did. Of so course, yeah. really, really yeah. great guy. But before Luke moved away, he was the one who first hired me and Larry together for a trio gig at Jazz Winnipeg Jazz, jazz Festival. Oh, cool. One summer. And so that was the first time we played together on a gig. And we we're like, yeah, this is working. This is totally working. And... Uh, so then we just kept working and we worked towards that first record. And then poof, eight years went by. We played together all this time. We're still always working together. Um, and then here we are trying it again. What do you think is uh, sonically complements each other? Because as a listener, I'm curious what you think about this, but I feel like Larry's playing sounds very lyrical despite not having words. And, you know, based on what you were saying earlier about, about the text of the songs and the importance of that, that's what, to me, seems like a good mesh between the two of you. Obviously, that aspect of it is important, even if he's playing without saying words with his instrument. Yeah, I agree with you. He's a lyrical player. He, um, I mean, he has a ton of harmonic information, but also so much rhythmic information, which certainly goes with what you're saying about him being a lyrical player, because, um, you know, your text, when you speak it falls in a certain in a certain cadence how you how you speak it right so and he can he hears all of the you know the like rhythm of life forgive that um saying but he hears all those things and he's studied it for years and he's just like a a constant student he's always learning always practicing he's got reps for everything and then he translates that into his playing as well so all those rhythms come out there and that sounds super lyrical in itself just like you can you know you can make a drum pattern sound like someone speaking to you totally yeah yeah Yeah. what was the experience like putting this record out 
now. And I don't want to dwell on the pandemic so much because everyone's sick of hearing about it and talking about it. But it, it, I mean, compared to your last record, this is obviously a very different experience in how you just put it out in the world, right? Yes, it is. Uh, you know, it's yeah, it's just so hard to compare it to the first one because there's there's so much different for us. Like our lives, the landscape of our lives aside from COVID is different. Yeah. Um, this record came out on a label. So it we were supported in ways that we never were. So if we'd released this without a label right now, knowing the same information I knew the first time, like, <laughs> I don't like, it would just, I don't, I don't know how it would get out other than to like the few hundred people in Winnipeg that still follow us after 800 years, after eight, 800, 800. after eight years. <laughs> yeah, it probably seems like 800 years. Yeah. <laughs> Four score yeah. and 18 years ago. Um, so, uh, so because of COVID, I mean, I'm really thankful for Chronograph Records. They're a little boutique jazz label out of Calgary that's supporting us. I'm thankful for them anyways, but with COVID in the mix, it's like invaluable right now that yeah. we have that connection. Um, but it does feel like we just kind of like put it out into the void. And I don't know if any of it will be returned to me. You know, I can't see anyone's faces. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't have a concert to see how somebody reacts to it. It's just like, do you like it? Are you just hitting like, because you sort of know me online? <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, it feels really it, it feels a little strange. And then it also feels like nothing, Sam. It feels like nothing has happened. It just it's like just another day, another Groundhog Day, you know, yeah. put a record out, Groundhog Day. That's all. Does I'm assuming that the live part of it, being able to play a release show, for example, that's got to be huge in terms of just gauging the response, right? I mean, getting yeah, to see people's yeah. immediate reaction to it. Yeah, and it might just also be like, I mean, so much of being an artist is, uh, I don't want to say it, I'm going to say it, is <laughs> like, you have to like really, really believe in yourself, right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> So maybe maybe the release concert is really just like a little bit of an ego trip, you know, you just like, but it's also a celebration. I don't know. After having three children, I don't like love myself as much as I used to. There's not room for that. <laughs> I have two, I get it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so it's more like, for me at this point, at this point in my life, it would have been more like just a woohoo celebration <laughs> than like a way to go, Aaron. Yeah, you know, yeah. just like, yay, we made it here. Way to go, team. Yeah, that would have been nice. It would have been nice <laughs> just to read people's faces. But also, I'm kind of, now that we're like so thick into a pandemic, some things about being in front of people more than they used to make me pretty scared. Yeah, well, for sure. For sure. <laughs> like, like I'm kind of scared to go out and see in front of somebody and see all those faces, you know? I'm yeah. a pretty sensitive person, so having that sort of hard right turn into being on a stage in front of people after this sort of like very domestic life, which was very domestic before the record and before a pandemic anyways, it, it, it's pretty, it's asking a lot. I ask a lot of myself to do that. Yeah. So there's a little bit of relief that I'm just like hiding. 
Have you been able to get, I, I know it's really new, the record, but have you been able to get some feedback? I mean, even if it is just from the 800 people that, or 100 people that, that know you <laughs> yeah. on the internet? 100, 800, I don't know. Whatever the number was, yeah, yeah. Whatever that number is. Yeah. Um, no, I think I said I was been alive for 800 years. Right, um, right, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yes, you know, um, we've, well, we've had like, I don't know, like half a dozen reviews now from Canada, international and states. And those reviews have been really like very positive, all positive. So that's great. I don't know if our publicist just doesn't show us the negative ones or if we Jay just show us the positive ones. But, but thank you, publicist, for only showing me those positive yeah, ones. Yeah. It's fragile time in my life. Um, uh, yeah, it's been positive. I'll tell you something that they say. Well, one person said that they heard a solo of Larry's and they had to like rewind it to hear it again because it was so amazing. Like, of course it was. You're listening to Larry. It's amazing. Uh, One time Larry told me when I was like nervous about this one song and I was always screwing up whenever I took an improvised solo on it, like every single time. And uh, and he's like, Aaron, here's what you got to do that first solo of the first of the concert, you just got to like get out of the gates running, just like blast them the first time you get out. And that's what Larry sounds like all the time. He is never <laughs> holding back. It is like, whether it's a ballad, it is like so painfully soulful and thought out, or it's a rock tune or whatever he's playing. It's like, 
pedal to the metal. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, so that's been said about Larry, which is great. And then, I like, I think every single one, if maybe one of them didn't, but I think every one of them, I'm going to brag a little bit. Go for it. Said that I sound like Joni Mitchell. Oh, like, wow. This okay. is what Joni Mitchell, yeah. And I've, like, not heard that in a long time. I've heard that a couple times in my life. Um, but that's been an interesting one to kind of, to like, yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and why? I haven't even thought of that, but like. Do you think it might be the so, folk and jazz coming together? Because she has such yeah. a, you know, history of combining those styles. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly, you know, that's some of, some of what they said is that the, the styles are just kind of like intertwined. So it reminds me of that. And I guess I'm Canadian. So that's right, something that else Joni and I have in common. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh. Um, yeah, so that's, anyways, that's been a really nice one. And I, like, I've been learning to sing, to mimic exactly what she does on a few songs. Like I've been transcribing okay. uh, Joni melodies, not just learning her songs, but transcribing how she sings it for, for a few years. And I just, it didn't even like cross my mind that it would come out, but I guess it's coming out. And that's nice to hear because it just means that my studying is not for nothing. You know, like yeah, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even think that that would be something that would be said. Like it did. It was just like, but it, it just, just to tell all you folks out there who are practicing something, it will come out at some point. But that's the best Proof. way for it to come out, right? For it to organically just sort of come out of you rather than trying to force it and trying to say, Oh, I know I'm going to sound ne- like Joni, right? I never like did not even cross my mind. Yeah. And now all this is coming out and it's all it's doing for me is affirming my practice habits. Like, yes. Yeah. What have you, uh, uh, again, I, I keep talking about the pandemic, but it's, it's just so on everyone's mind right now. How, how has yeah. it been for you um, creatively? Like, have you been able to use this time to actually, uh, as far as songwriting and things like that, or have you been just sort of writing it out? Um, I'd say it's been just sort of the same as before. Okay. Um, because because my life is, while it is different, it's a lot the same. Like I still, pandemic or not, yeah. I still have kids that are awake at for sure six o'clock in the morning until up to 9 p.m. Yeah. So that's the same. Uh, so I still have to manage my time. I still have to manage my practicing and my writing time. Um, I have... And, you know, it worked out for me that shortly before the pandemic, uh, in the fall of 2019, uh, I met with a new teacher to me, but an artist I'd been admiring for a number of years. Her name is Luciana Souza. Okay. And I got a grant and I flew to L.A. and I took three days of lessons with her. And she just really reshaped how I'm going to practice and what I'm going to do and the kind of expectations I could have have of myself as an artist who's also a mother, what I'm going to do about that. And she's an artist who's a mother. So that was like one of, one of the many reasons that I went to see her specifically. Um, And so just before we were all locked up in our homes, I had created new, new goals and new patterns for myself and how I'm going to practice. And I feel like while there's ebb and flow, it's, it's been pretty consistent for the last year and a half. Cool. Yeah. Well, I guess that's not a bad uh, situation to be in and it, because no one knows when this is going to end, right? So as long as you're you're still doing something, you know, relatively consistently, if you suddenly yeah. get thrust into all of a sudden shows are happening again, at least you won't be, 
you know, completely rusty or, or out of practice? Or oh, something? no. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I know that I'll be rusty in the way that I interact from a stage and that I'll still, like my whole life, I've dealt with a bag of nerves. Yeah. I've always been like that. And it'll probably be worse for the first while. But like, technically, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about that. Yeah.
the relationship uh, with, with you and Larry in, in terms of actually creating the song, the, the original songs? I mean, I know a lot of some of them are covers. There's a lot of original material there too, um, because yeah. they're obviously fleshed out with a full band on 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 the record. You have so many more people involved. Yeah. How, how does it go from you know the idea with the two of you to to that? Sure. Because I imagine <laughs> it's, it's, I imagine it's very involved. Yeah, it is. It is very involved. Um, I wish Larry were here to tell you about that. But um, Larry and I, uh, from from the beginning, what typically happens is I'll have a melody in mind and maybe some text to go with it. And sometimes I come with some harmony as well. Okay. But uh, that's usually where Larry comes in. And then I um, uh, will meet in his studio and I'll sing a few bars and then he'll be like, okay, how about this? <laughs> like, oh, I was, I was thinking this and I'll play something on the piano and he's like, how about that? And then we just keep going from there. And it's sometimes, you know, sometimes we get together and do that and it's like, yeah, nothing happened. And other days, everything happened. And, but when it goes from the two of us, we often, we often in that room, once the song is like really taking life and it's being complete, We'll talk about, oh, this would be great with them. This would be great with that person. This okay. would be great with that person. But then when you hear like, oh, there's a, like a specific baseline here, like if there's one that sounds more written than the rest, which doesn't usually happen with the bass actually in most of these. Um, but if there's horn lines, Larry does that. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, if, if there's arranged horn stuff in the background, he's, he's doing that. Um, and then we just, we talked together about, oh, you know, this would be great to have uh, Jimmy Green on this part or Steve Wilson here. Um, uh, but Larry really is for this record. He's the arranger and producer. I give him all of that, okay. all of that credit. Yeah. Well, you have a pretty uh, stellar lineup of musicians on this. Just like, I mean, mm. most of them are, are all over everything in Winnipeg. It just seems like they're, they're on everybody's records, but uh, I mean, mm. almost everyone on there, it's someone whose name that I recognize as be, oh, I've heard this person on like, you know, seven or eight other records. So it's very cool. Yeah. You have kind of like these, this, the all-stars of Winnipeg's jazz community uh, and yeah. beyond too, right? Playing on the, the album. Yeah. Um, Yes. It wasn't really a question. It was it, just, yeah. it wasn't a question. No, no. Yes, I confirm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so if people are maybe hearing about this record for the first time on this show, what's the best way to find it now? I know it's out there, but again, shows aren't happening. You can't buy it at a concert. What's the, the best option to, to get a copy? Right. If you want a physical copy, you can be in touch with myself on social media. Um, it will be at McNally Robinson Booksellers in Winnipeg soon. Also at Creative Audio, hopefully in the next week. I will. I am now managing my children's remote learning. Okay. Because their school was shut down for two weeks, so everything's slowed down for me right now. But um, um, but yes, it will be there soon. You can also order the physical copy through our label, uh, Chronograph Records. Okay. Um, here in Calgary, shouldn't be too hard to find online, and you can pay with, pay, pay with credit card there. But you can find it online. You can listen to it for free on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon. I don't know any of those other places where you listen to music. Yeah. Well, and Bandcamp too. That's where I. That's where I. Bandcamp. Yeah. Yes. Cool. What is uh, what has your experience been with with putting this stuff out on on streaming platforms? Because I know that's kind of the way music is going these days, but I often wonder about oh, yeah. certain genres of music and jazz is one of them and country is another one where I know that 
physical media, it, it still seems to be very important. And as someone who, like, I don't listen to Spotify or any of that stuff. I can't figure it out. I just listen to CDs and tapes and records because I'm set in my ways. But um, it definitely seems like certain genres are way more deeply embedded in that sort of streaming format than others. Uh, are, do you find a decent audience uh, on those things? You know what? I don't know how to speak about that. Because okay. <laughs> I, I also, like, I mean, Spotify wasn't around when our first record yeah, came sure, out. So, sure. like, and I don't know how to, I really struggle with using that platform. I'm like, why won't you play the one? <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't get know. it either. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm like, why doesn't this thing work? So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That, <laughs> That's okay. You know, if you ask me in like six months, then I might know more. Right, because you have the experience of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll have these. So I'm sorry. I don't know nope. about that either. Totally cool. That's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to have to message you later about getting a physical copy anyway, because like <laughs> I'm, I'm totally in the, in the, stuck in the past yeah. as far as how I listen to things. Um, What's the best way to find out more about what's going on with with you and or Larry um, in terms of you know potential future shows if things uh, open up? Yeah, it would for sure just um, be um, either on Instagram or Facebook or on my website um, would just be stacyaaronprop dot com. Okay. You could find out there. I used to send out a newsletter, but and actually, you know, like speaking about genres and how they respond to stuff. Honestly, like jazz fans still or at least my fans still loved used to love my newsletter when yeah. i sent it out a big response to that and they yeah i agree they also love physical copies like, and that was way more important one person told me this this last week that the liner notes to our first record were worn thin really so like yeah i love hearing but that. the packaging so, yeah, on that people, record is great though like it's a really a really really nice looking record like it's yeah 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 it is a really nice looking record. It costs a lot to do that. I, I believe packaging. it. I believe it with the gold embossed <laughs> and stuff and everything on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I just didn't know. <laughs> but that's kind of uh, indicative of maybe the, the the difference between the type of fans, right? I mean, someone who wants to actually sit down and experience the whole thing with the liner notes, with with a, a really well done cover like that and everything, they're maybe not the same person who's okay with just putting something on shuffle on Spotify yeah. and not really yeah. getting that. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm more in yeah. the sitting down with the liner notes camp, but I realize yeah. that uh, I'm a dinosaur in that regard. No, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think your kind is coming back. I hope so. so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that your kind is. And um, I can't remember what I was going to say, but it, it, it is nice to sit there with liner notes. Anyways, I still like that. And I search for them online. You know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm always looking for, I'm a, I'm a text person, so I'm always looking for for the text of people's songs, and I really hate like the Google lyrics because there are so many mistakes. Yeah. Sam, so many mistakes. Some it of them are matters. way off too. They just completely They're way off. Yeah. Yeah. And words just they matter. Words matter.
Thank you. 